1: Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Anne Baldwin, the host of this program, and I'm so excited to have in the house right in front of me, Ryan McGuigan. Ryan, we go back a ways, and uh, I want to just tell people a little bit about who you are and what you've been up to. Uh, Ryan's a former prosecutor. He's been practicing criminal defense in the state and federal courts for more than 20 years. But the big news is, and the reason that we're really sitting down to talk today, is that you have 15 years of recovery. Congratulations. I'm right behind you. Um, And you've got a lot of experience with the 12-step approach. You've helped hundreds of people, more than 100 people, on their journey to recovery through your hands-on approach. And you call yourself a lead interventionist so explain to our listeners what that is
2: well um the, the lead interventionist is is that uh i i'm the i'm i'm the head lead i'm the head interventionist at secondhand <laughs> inter- interventions uh and i've trained uh two other people in in uh in the approach that we take uh and but but i'm pretty much the the, the, the person that people hire to to, uh, to actually do the intervention?
0: So I'm very familiar with interventionists because I had one. Mm-hmm. Um, I Some dude, you know, I came home drunk from somewhere and my family, just like on the show, Intervention, sitting in my living room somewhere on a conference call and uh, there's this dude, I'm like, who is that? And this is a guy who's gonna take you to rehab in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. So um, this guy actually took me to the airport fed me vodka the whole way there so that I didn't you know
2: have a grand mal
0: seizure have a grand mal seizure I almost got arrested in New York because I guess I was acting up on the plane and made sure that I got my drunk ass to uh (laughs) to a rehab you know so that's my experience with an interventionist but I know that your approach and your legal background and your experience in recovery Ryan um has you thinking about things a little bit differently what's your success rate and how do you do it?
2: Um, our, our success rate probably, um, is around in, in, in well, it's how you measure success, I guess. Right. That, that, that's the first question. So the way that I measure it is, isn't whether or not I get somebody to go to a, re, a rehab facility. Um, that's fairly easy. Uh, whether or not after one year, they're going to pick up a one year chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I, 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 I measure myself. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get that phone call, which is, hey, man, I met you a year ago, you know, next Tuesday. And I was wondering if um, you could come to my home meeting and, and give me my one year chip. Wow. And, and that has happened several times. It just happened uh, just about a month ago. How cool is that? With a, a dude that I, I, um, I, I did a, an intervention for for a mutual friend of ours. Uh, I, won't, I won't name them. Um, but uh, it was somebody that, that you and I both know that someone else was concerned about, and that's how I, I got that uh, intervention. And uh, the person had had a jackpot and gotten a DUI uh, down in New Haven, uh, had a car accident, and it was, it was pretty ugly. And um, it was obvious and apparent that this person needed to go uh, get some help. And so I was able to take uh, that person down to, to Florida where they did get some help, and um, they have celebrated a, a, a year of sobriety, fixed uh, fixed the damage that they caused, made amends to the people that they hurt, and um, and now is twelve stepping people himself. So that is a success story, and that's how I, I sort of measure
0: myself. Absolutely, um, don't a lot of these people come to you because of your legal background, and we all you know know the name McGuigan. You yep. know, it's, you've been around for a long time, and your father may rest in peace. Um, people come to you because usually they're in a jam. They're in a legal jam, exactly, right? Like yes. I had a guy that worked for me that, you know, lived in my finished basement for years and now he's in jail for who knows how long because he just couldn't get straight. Yeah. But it's the legal stuff, right? So so
2: that's how I started. You,
0: that is how you started. Yeah. And and do you just help people that are in legal issues or do you just help anybody? No, I help anybody. Okay.
2: Um, the majority of the people that I, that I come into contact with me uh come into contact with me through through um my my legal services through mcguigan legal or rome mcguigan as it used as, as the, my old firm was uh so uh, i i meet most of my clients uh through that and now the the surprise is is that they don't know that they're going to get an interventionist as a lawyer uh when they meet me hmm. um and if they want to hire me as their lawyer, and I have determined that you know uh, substance use disorder is at the heart of their criminal issue, I flatly refuse to represent anybody unless they will uh, accept treatment and accept that that's the main problem of their lives. Because it's just it's a simple question when I sit down with somebody and I say, Hey, Bill, Bob, whatever your name is, or, or Mary. Um, you know, what do you got? And they say, well, you know, I got, I got arrested in, in New Haven and, uh, and I got, um, I'm in big trouble. Okay. When was the last time you were in trouble? Well, I got in trouble a few years ago. I had a, I had a jackpot in, in Middletown. I got arrested there too. All right. And, uh, what else do you have in terms of a criminal record? Well, when I was a kid, I got in trouble and, and I was at Riverside and I got loud one time and the cops came. All right. Anything else? Um, yeah, there was this one other time that I got... You know, it just so keeps coming and, and coming. they start and coming. going. And I, and I go, all right, well, you have seven arrests and, you know, one conviction or whatnot. How many of those things happened when you were stone sober and it's just silence? Mm-hmm. And I go, uh-huh. And how many of those arrests happened when you were under the influence? And, and they don't even hesitate. They go, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And I go, uh-huh. I don't think you're, you're a criminal. I don't think that, that you, have a, you have a criminal problem, but you really have an underlying life problem. And every single time that you've had that life problem, it's been leading to your criminal problem. Don't you think if we could take care of the life problem that you'll never have a criminal problem again? Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. And I go, I can take care of your immediate life criminal problem. But I can also guarantee you that you will never, ever have, I can't guarantee that, but pretty much about 99% right. certainty that you'll never have another jackpot or a, or a run-in with a cop again. Because you've just told me that every single time it happens, you're drunk or you're, you're high. So... What I, what I basically give people is the keys to never have to hire me again. <laughs> so there you go. That's a terrible, terrible yeah, business you know, model.
0: Well, I gotta tell you, Ryan, and if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Ryan McGuigan, and he is with Second Chance Interventions. And, you know, it's hard because, you know, the person themselves, I'll speak for myself, you know, I knew I was bad, but I didn't really even know how to go get help. So mm-hmm. it was the family. It's the family usually that wants the intervention, right? Correct. It's a family that jumps in there. And I know for my family, you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do, right? So because, you are you know, I'm not going to get on a plane with my mom or my sister and let them take me to rehab. That wasn't going to happen. No. right? Right? So, so it's just such an amazing concept that both you can cover the legal piece, which almost everybody who's got a substance abuse problem has or has. And then on top of that, you take them to facilities that you're familiar with and that you have relationships with and all over the United States. Right.
2: Yeah. I um, I take people uh, I've taken people to California, I've taken people to Nevada, taken people to Texas, Florida, many, many times to Florida. Yep. Uh, I go to Florida a lot. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Phil- uh, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, uh, Massachusetts, McLean, um, uh, New York. Um, Vermont. How uh, do you
0: decide which one you're going to take these
2: people? A lot of it has to do with with uh, the demographic of the person that I'm that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dealing with. So if it's a young person, I I, sur- I suggest certain places. If it's an older person, I suggest different places. Uh, I had gone to a rehab uh, fifteen, almost sixteen years ago. Uh, sixteen years ago, this this February, and um, w- when I had gone down, uh, I. I, I remember that uh, I had a wonderful time. Uh, matter of fact, it, going to rehab was probably m- one of the most satisfying. And I hate to say this, but it, it was the most f- one of the most fun trips I've ever had <laughs> I, I, it It's was, not
0: supposed to be fun, right? <laughs> well, no, I don't. You know what? I
2: don't think how, that's true.
0: How about I, that detox? How was that? Was the, that fun?
2: No, that wasn't. However, the um, that was pretty brutal. But um, after the first week of, of that, um I, I think that, that there's 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 a lot of restorative power in, in laughter and in and in and in, in joy because I, I I was living a life without joy for so long that when I had gone to rehab and I, I literally rediscovered my sense of humor. Uh hmm. and, and that that was very uh, that was that was very healing and therapeutic for me, I I I think. So um when I had gone down to, to rehab, I, I kind of noticed that there there was in the unit that I was in, it, it was men from 18 to 55. And a lot of the 18 to 30-year-olds didn't have the same kind of experience that the 30 to 55-year-old men did. Mm-hmm. And I was in that – I was think I was 36 when I went down to rehab. So um, I was sort of that older kind of group yeah. right in the cusp of yeah, it yeah. where it was younger kids mostly had stories of drug addiction. Yes. And uh, then the older guys were – Alcoholics and I was part of the older guy group and a lot of the older the older guys like who were in their 50s at that point I'm in my 50s now they really didn't want to be in a rehab facility Uh with a bunch of young kids talking about drugs. Uh and there and i hate to say it and you know this is that in in early recovery there's a lot of alcoholics who get uh, yeah i'm an alcoholic but i'm not as bad as those kind of yeah. druggy guys you know what i mean yep. like there's some sort of a difference in addiction and there isn't no there isn't and and um and and that's the the cool thing is is that that's what part of what going to rehabs about is getting rid of those um those those preconceptions absolutely Um, that you're any better than anybody else you're not you're just a bozo on the bus
0: like the rest of us (laughs) yeah well they flew me to utah because i knew if they put me somewhere in connecticut i would uh run away but you know uh here we are you know 13 years later and um and i think what you're doing is a good thing and so what is your message to people out there because people listening everybody knows somebody everybody knows somebody that you know Knows that they have a problem and they need to get help. Right. But you also have to figure in, it's not cheap, man. No. Like, I think all the time about the car I could be driving yep. if I didn't go to rehab. I think mine was over $30,000. Yeah. But, You'll like my dead. mom says to me, a funeral cost <laughs> yeah, just about as dead. much and yeah. I was almost there. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, cost is one thing, but living life you know clean and sober is another thing is it not worth every penny but it's hard for some people to come up with the money
2: it's hard for some people to come up with the money it's also um uh, you, you know it, it, it addiction is is brutal and um it it sucks your trust right out of you so if you see parents and you tell them you know we can give your son uh, a trip to rehab it's going to cost thirty thousand dollars and what always what they always ask me is well, what's the chances that it's going to work? Mm. Because there's always that calculation yep. of I'm spending all of this money. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get anything out of it? It's not. And I tell them it's not college. You know, you're not going to get a degree. You're not going to get a piece of paper or something. You're not buying anything. You're buying really hope and and a. a a a, you're throwing kind of a lifeline to somebody and whether they catch it or not I don't know I know but you have to throw it
0: you do you know where I went was journey in Salt Lake and what I thought was interesting it's if you paid that money you almost had a lifetime membership like I went there and there are people that have been there two or three times oh yeah you know I didn't want that I didn't want to have to go back there because you know when you think about it you know one week in a detox okay in another state for Mm -hmm. me um which i don't even remember and then 28 days without a phone without anything away from my business away from my family it freaked me out yeah. like in the beginning i was like what am i going to do but then you have to tell yourself i'm here i'm either going to take what they give me or i'm going to go right back to where i was right. i mean it, it, but it does didn't it kind of freak you out a little bit to think that you're going to be away and like on lockdown for all that time
2: but that's terrifying it's terrifying, and th- and that's um,
0: especially at our age. We had careers, we have families.
2: I was I was told by, <laughs> I was told by my boss. Let's leave it that at that. <laughs> that if, if I went to rehab, I would never be a lawyer again. They would take my uh, my law license away from me. Nobody would ever trust me again. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a I had a very Irish boss, and um, and discouraged me from going to rehab. That boss was away in Argentina when my sister actually took me to rehab. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I, I had, um, and just for everybody's edification, my boss was my dad. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so um, I remember my dad telling me that no, you're not an alcoholic. You're my son. My son's
0: not an alcoholic. Well, he probably didn't want the demons to come out, and he was probably one of the demons. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: I mean, uh, I
2: could hate it could have been. So. That's, that's probably. Yeah. that That's. there There's. There. All, all. All of his children have some sort of an issue. So. Um, yeah. I, I. would say that. That is. That the parents have something to do with that. Right.
0: And you do worry about it because you know I when I was gone my staff knew I was going I mean there were there's a lot of people that, there's a lot that goes into an intervention yeah it's not just that you just show up to somebody's house or you know you say okay pack your bag and my daughter packed my bag with some granny panties in it which I wasn't yep. happy about but anyway. Um, but there's there's a whole process that goes into that intervention. And the family is usually involved because the person themselves, I was so out of it, I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. But you worry about the stereotype and the labeling. But nobody knew I was gone for a month, believe it or not. They held down the business. But then as I start to got comfortable and I got some time under my belt and I shared with people my experience, do you know I don't think I got anybody that said, Oh, I don't want to work with you anymore. I got no negative comments. If anything, I got reinforcement. Yeah. and I found how many people that I was actually working with that were in the same boat as I was. Right,
2: and um, and, and and almost pe- people almost trust you more I because think, of it. Yeah, because they say if this person is brave enough to be honest mm-hmm. about the worst thing that they ever that ever happened to them, um, then I can trust them with the keys to my car. Because if I ask them, uh, you know, did you drive over 55 and they say no, I can trust that that's the truth because they have been. They're trustworthy about the most vulnerable thing about their entire life. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking
0: about. So how can people reach you? Second Chance Interventions. We're speaking with Ryan McGuigan, um, who is an interventionist. And is that something that you had to get certified for? That you had to work towards?
2: No, there isn't any certification in the state of Connecticut for interventionist um, with uh, with any of, of the health boards. Or, or so um, there isn't any real accreditation, um, and you can. A- anybody who can 12-step someone is uh-huh. an interventionist, uh-huh. let's just be honest, w- with the, the 12-step program that I'm involved in and that you're involved in. Uh, so it's not a- any secret sauce. Nevertheless, um, I studied Johnson Method, and then I ended up going to a seminar uh, for a week uh, for training on, on one particular modality, uh, which I use, and I, I read another book about family first, and and I uh, studied that modality as and well. And that's what
0: you need. You don't need certification. You don't need licensing. You don't need government overreach. You need common sense, and you need real life experience, yeah. which you bring to the table as a lawyer. And as somebody who's in recovery too, that's what you need.
2: Yeah, and also um, being a lawyer, I'm already a fiduciary for my clients, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, and I already have a professional degree, and I and I'm already licensed with the state, so um, that gives people a certain comfort level. And I usually am, am doing this with clients of mine, in the first criminal clients of mine in the first place. Um, so there, there is that comfort of of professionalism, and but really, in, in a lot of the communications are protected as long as other people aren't around, and, and so there's a lot of protections with with me being being able to do it as an attorney.
0: How do you? How do people find you?
2: Uh, they can find me at SecondChanceInterventions dot com. Uh, they can find us on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn, uh, or they can just go to my my personal LinkedIn page. Um, uh, it was, uh, was it? RyanUncensored.com I think it is. <laughs> uh, and uh, we are in. A, and if you can find me on Facebook as well uh, just under Ryan McGuigan it's public. And, um, and have, just
0: just for those of you who aren't Irish it's M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N. That's right. Write that down. So what else are you up to? I mean that's pretty much a full-time job but you know it's one of those two but you know you wake up on a Sunday you never know what you're going to be doing on a Monday, right? Yeah.
2: So um, I, I, have been wor- I, I have been working for uh, for um, an entertainment group out of Chicago, the Wrigley Entertainment Group, and they are interested in sort of what I do and a lot of the stories of my criminal clients that I do intervention work with and that I sort of help and in, in, in guide in the recovery process. Um, And so I've been working with them uh, on a reality TV show to be shot here in Connecticut, or at least that's the plan. I've also been working with the um, the uh, board of uh, film and television from the uh, governor's office, and they've been extremely helpful. George Norfleet uh, over there has uh, uh, been as helpful as, as, as anybody could um and so we're about a month into the production uh our sizzle reel was sort of like yeah. your your first episode is is due on January 2nd and then it uh they bring it out to distrib- distributors to see if they if they would like to buy the content and uh right now uh we have um somebody that we've uh filmed um who was a a, a referral uh to me from uh somebody who who said that this person you know, had some criminal problems but really was on death's door. It is was, this
0: the woman you're raising money for? Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit about that.
2: So um we I had this the, this Does lady. she have a name or do I yeah, not? yeah, I can say her name. She she's agreed to that. Uh, so her name is Jen W and that's all mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And she's on my Facebook page as well. And I'm having a fundraiser for her. Um I was able to um uh, find a, a rehab facility for her because she didn't have any money. She didn't have any money for me to, to represent her, and she didn't have any money for, for, for us to do an intervention for her. So I decided to do it pro bono. I do a lot of pro bono
0: work. <laughs> Don't say that on the radio show. Know, Everybody's going to be calling. Know, Will you I do know. it for free?
2: No, I, I try not to, but there there are, for, for certain people, um, I just I, I can't say no
0: so you're trying to raise money for her too because the rehab facility are you mentioning the name of? yeah that?
2: oh my goodness yes So it's high watch farm accepted her um at a 50 percent uh, discount they gave her a scholarship that's up in, in kent connecticut yeah, it was in kent connecticut mm-hmm. and it's and it's a place special to my heart um, oh it's a beautiful place oh God, bill
0: I've, w up I've, there i brought
2: oh. i brought a lot of people and then since 2021 they have um increased the size of their facility they yep. have a new building they have a new um admissions building and it's really incredible. Uh, what they've done is, uh, it looks a lot like Mountainside. I mean, I don't want to compare them, but, uh-huh. but they, they both have these brand new, wonderful facilities that, that are um, that are top notch. Um, and so I was able to bring her there uh, with their grace. They, they gave her a 50% um, and, I, uh, and I've been raising money uh, for her to cover the rest of it. Uh, we've gotten some fairly significant gifts from some great friends. And uh, if anybody would like to um, uh, contribute to uh, this lady's uh, recovery, uh, she she and I would certainly be grateful for it. And
0: how can people do that?
2: Uh, they can go on to my Facebook page, uh, RyanMcGuigan.com, or Ryan McWigan at, at Facebook one, whatever the heck it is. Just look it up on Facebook. It's on <laughs> it's public, and there is a link uh, at the top of of my page. Uh, my wife had said, you know, why don't you put it on. Um, raise a uh, one of these sites that that raise, raises money. Raises yeah. money, and I had looked Go at GoFundMe. GoFundMe, yeah, and I had looked at how much money they kind of take. Take, yeah, and it wasn't my money, so I didn't yeah. think that I. I should. So I did it on Facebook. My, my wife calls me a dummy, but she's a lot <laughs> younger than I am. I'm good at the intervention stuff. She's good at the marketing, and I'm horrible at that.
0: So, how, how are you doing with your fundraising? You're almost there. You still need some help.
2: Uh, we still need some help. So, um, I need about, uh, I think I need, we'll I need about like th- probably three, about $3,000 more We've raised already 15. Yeah, 15,000. Um, you only
0: need three to help this lady yeah, out. Yeah,
2: and, and, uh, and we can save a life, and she's already there. Um, How's she doing? She's doing very well. Uh, she had, she was scheduled for a seven-day detox, which, as you know, is quite a lot mm-hmm. um, because she's 44 and has a very long history of alcohol abuse. Um, and she, I don't want to tell too much of her personal sure. story, but she has children, and they're very supportive, but everybody is um, everybody's hopeful yet realistic at the same time. Uh, and the most hopeful person is me. Mm-hmm. It really, It always is. I, mm-hmm. I always tell my clients the, sec- the same thing whenever I drop them off. A year from today, you just make sure that you call me. And when you want to pick up that one year chip, you make sure that I'm the one who give it, gives it to you.
0: Wow. Well, I really applaud you, Ryan, for doing what you do for people. Um, I know it's your livelihood, but I also know those words pro bono, come out of your mouth a lot because Too (laughs) too much I know I know the feeling right that's also part of what recovery is all about is giving back and doing service to others because we want to share what we have yeah and you just hope that people get it you know you plant that seed and you hope that people get it and there's so many people out there suffering from from addiction and there aren't enough resources anywhere no there really aren't but if you're a family member and you've got somebody that you're concerned about you know just reach out Try to figure out what kind of place you could go, what kind of place you can afford, and, and get that loved one help. Because sometimes they're so messed up, they don't even know they need it.
2: And and the, most of the counseling I do is, is with the family members. Yes. It's not with the person of, of, of care. Mm-hmm. It's with the people of concern. It's the people who, who make the phone call and and because they're terrified. They know that, that their loved one it's is, on is close to death, yeah. and they're terrified, and they should be. And the best thing to do is to call somebody that knows where they are and knows where the person that they're concerned with is. And knows literally the road back and how you get back and that that's what we know uh, and you probably
0: refer resources to people to tell them where they can go and look for certain things after care I mean you have to have a plan coming out that's when most people don't make it is when you you know you don't know what you're gonna do and you haven't changed your people places and things that's when people get in trouble well I again I keep up the good work we're gonna look forward to you uh, seeing you on TV you've been an actor for how long
2: Uh, since I was six since you were six I started new Britain repertory
0: I know too bad this is Uh, radio because he's still very very handsome so (laughs) second chance interventions Ryan McGuigan look him up check him out if you've got questions um, if you've got someone out there that you're concerned about at least you know make the call and see what you can do and uh, if you can save a life And life is good, isn't it, when we're sober?
2: It is. It's much better.
0: Much better. I feel better every day when I wake up. No hangovers anymore, right? (laughs) Nope. Well, Ryan, thank you again. And check him out on Facebook and all of his social media. And this has been a great conversation. And thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. All right. And thanks for you. No, wait. And thanks to you for tuning in uh, to this edition of News You Can Use. Ann Baldwin, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll see you back here next Sunday.